0: John chapter 15, starting verse number 13 is where we're going to be at. We are continuing in a series that Pastor asked me to do a while back on this book, The Seven Wonders. We do have some visitors in here, and I know I've reiterated this each time that I've preached one of these messages. But uh, for the sake of the visitors, I will bring it up again. The Seven Wonders, this is a little free pamphlet that we have out in the back. Seven pages. Very easy reading, very short, about seven basic questions in life that everybody needs the answer to. Yesterday when we were at Door to Door, Pastor Todd Wiff and I, we were out and we stopped by a few homes and just trying to follow up on you know a few prospects or a few leads that we had. And we left this pamphlet at some of the doors that we went to because it the information in here is so important for everybody to have the answer to. I encourage you on the way out, if you're visiting or, you know, friend or member here, pick up one of these if you haven't already. Read it for yourself and pass it along to somebody else, and I know it'll help them. Um, My wife and I, we've passed them along to uh, other folks and family members, and they've been an encouragement. The first one that we did was, why do I exist, and does my life have any real significance? Is there a God, number two? And if so, where is he? And what is he up to? The third lesson was, am I unique? And do I have any real value? Fourth one is, why is life so unfair? And why do bad experiences happen to me? Today's is, why do I feel so alone? And why don't I have any real friends? The next one is, why don't I do what I know I should do? We've all been there. My actions tend to betray my intentions. And lastly, is there life after death? What about my future? Where will I go when I die? Very important questions. You need to have good, solid answers for them and so we can share them with others. How do I know? Just yesterday when we were out on door-to-door, many of the groups, I'm sure, just as we did, discovered that people did not have the answers to these questions. And to us, these are the most simple simple uh, questions that we probably get. But there is a world out there who doesn't even understand and know the simplest of things that we just take for granted. So uh, hopefully these sermons and things help you. If you are looking for the past sermons on this, you can go to uh, our YouTube page, Facebook, our church website, and we have them all recorded for you. You can uh, listen to them at your leisure. Let's go ahead and look. John chapter 15, starting in verse number 13. Pretty famous verse. It says, Greater love, Jesus' words, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Let us pray. Lord, thankful for a few moments. Once again, to look into your word, thank you for a wonderful service this morning. Great group of folks who showed up uh, to hear the preaching uh, of the word of God. We're thankful again for the group tonight that came out expecting something from you. And I ask tonight that you would uh, bless their effort and give them something from heaven this evening. Something that's going to carry them through uh, all week long until we're able to meet back together. Something they can take and share with others. Uh, Ultimately, that will impact lives for eternity do a great work in our midst tonight in jesus name amen loneliness loneliness why am i so lonely why don't i have any real friends those of you that may have maybe been involved in gospel baptist church for some time maybe you've been saved maybe you're part of some great churches up north where you have a community of believers you may not struggle with loneliness As much as some. We often take it for granted. I'm not sure about you. I'm not generally a, a lonely feeling person. It's an emotion. Some people really do, really do struggle with feeling alone. Feeling alone. Feeling like there's nothing really out there for me. I can't really make a connection with other people. We get lonely for different reasons. Some of you have maybe become empty nesters. And once the house was filled with rambunctious children who ran around and made your life chaotic and life was busy. And I know for, I hear from mothers that they especially, you know, go through struggles when the children leave the house. The men were like, "Yeah, that's what I've been looking for but oftentimes the women, they maybe lose their purpose or the feeling of their purpose, like their job is over, there's nothing else left, maybe they're at home, uh, it's quiet, no movement around, nobody relying on them, and loneliness and depression can set in. It's a very real possibility. Sometimes the death of a spouse can cause and will cause loneliness. I would say it definitely would cause loneliness. How do I know? Well, I I mean, I hear stories. Most of the time, it's women who go through that. Widows who have a hard time adjusting from serving and helping, being a good helpmeet for their husband. And at some point in time, God called their husband home, and now they are at home with nobody else there. It's hard for me to imagine. The reports that I get back is that it's hard sitting at home and there's no other noises. That somebody else is around. Somebody's there. Oftentimes, folks who have lost a spouse or a loved one like that, they uh, resort to maybe uh, getting a pet, getting an animal, getting a dog. Just don't get a cat, please. Getting a dog. something that uh, they can share their affection to, something some, something else that's around, and that's not a bad thing, I wouldn't say. That's not a bad thing by any means. But often people are lonely. We can often spot a lonely person. How do we spot a lonely person? One of the keys that I've found out is if they do this a lot, there's usually two reasons behind it. People who talk a lot, either they are full of themselves <laughs> They have a lot of pride, and they think everybody needs to hear what they have to say. There are people like that. But oftentimes, what's underlying below the surface is the fact that truly they're lonely. They don't have any real friends. They don't have any real confidants. And so when they come to you, you ever had somebody that walks by and you see them, and you're like, oh, no, oh, no. And you try to head the other way. You're in the grocery store and you kind of dodge them a little bit and because you know what's coming. Oftentimes, that's a sign of somebody who is very, very lonely, doesn't have anybody to share their heart with, to hear. Everybody, would you agree, has to vent. Everybody has to get things out. It's wonderful when we have other human beings, as we're going to, uh, to do that with. As we're going to get to later in the ser- in the sermon here, we're going to find that, we have that in the Lord, 100%. But it's nice when we can have somebody who we share our innermost thoughts and our feelings with. By the way, as a little side note, not part of the message, if you find somebody like that, try to be nice and help them. Try to be nice. Have a listening ear. Hey, be a good Christian. There's folks out there who are really struggling. They're just wanting somebody to hear, to to lend a listening ear. Be that person, if possible. Famous celebrities have, have often talked about loneliness. Elvis, before he died, he wrote this. He said, I feel so alone sometimes. I'd love to be able to sleep. I'll probably not rest. I have no need for all this. Help me, Lord. Alone, alone, all, all alone. Alone on a wide, wide sea. And never a saint took pity on my soul in agony. Celebrities often face loneliness. You wouldn't think that maybe that would be the case. Having people follow them around all the time, people involved. They've probably got more people in their life than we could ever imagine. But yet, often they feel lonely I just was listening to just the other day, many of you maybe know the sports analyst and uh, retired football player Shannon Sharp. He just I saw him in an interview, I don't know if it was a recent interview or one from the past, but he talked about how he never early in his career from high school all the way to, you know, almost where he at where he is in life now, he never wanted to get married. And part of it was because football to him and his career was always number 1. And he said that was the goal. That was everything and every other girl that I dated or have or had a relationship with, they understood that football was number 1 and that my career was number 1. He said, "But you know, you get to a place when you got all the money in the world, but it doesn't really do anything for you." He says, "You got a big house, He says, but if you've got nobody to share it with, why even have it? That's coming out of the mouth of people who the average person out there would give their life to be in that person's situation. But yet, he's there alone, as many other celebrities and famous individuals are. The most lonely people in the world. Well, what is loneliness? Say it's being around people. It's not being around people. You can be in a crowd and still be lonely. There's individuals under the sound of my voice tonight that are listening to me speak, and we're in here in a good group of folks, but yet you're sitting here lonely. Somebody said cities. A city is a place where hundreds of people are lonely together often true. A city is a place where hundreds of people are lonely together. Being around people does not fix the problem of being lonely. Some of you that are married, you live in the same house with somebody, but you're still lonely. There's somebody sitting on the other side of the couch from you, but you're light years apart. That's the reality that many people face. Genesis 2.18 says, It is not good for man to be alone, and all the men said. Amen. It's not good for man to be alone. God made Adam soon after he made Eve. God made Adam. soon after. And then he made Eve, right? God made Adam. Adam first, then Eve. That's it. Excuse me. It wasn't good for man to be alone. It was not good. You would think, well, Adam had perfect relationship, perfect life. There was no sin, but yet God knew that Adam still needed that God still uh, that Adam still needed someone else a companion in his life. It's important that we have friends and people we can count on. Why is this? What is loneliness? Being alone being lonely as we mentioned are two different things. I'll ask you a question here. Different age categories In life, you have children. We're going to say children. We're going to say young adults, teenagers, young adults. Summarizing that with college kids. We have young married people that age. We have, you know, midlife crisis people. We have retired people, and we have senior citizens, elderly, you may may say that. Those six groups. Who do you think is the most lonely group? Who would you think? Heard a few answers. I heard the teenagers. I heard young kids. When I first looked and was studying this topic, I thought elderly. That was my first thing. And the, the surveys and things that I saw was that most people actually generally thought that. That it would be the elderly folks who are the most lonely, which would make sense. Many of them are by themselves at the end of their life. Children have grown up. They've moved out many times. Uh, grandkids are far away. The phone doesn't ring as much as it probably should. And But that's not the case. It says that the loneliest age group is 16 years to 24 years old teenagers to we would say maybe college students and young people starting out on their careers is the loneliest age group that was surprising surprising to me it said in the survey that 35% of people in general 35% admit to being to feeling lonely not just lonely in the sense that i have one weekend where Nobody invited me to do anything, so I'm lonely today. We're talking deep, deep loneliness. Feeling like there's nobody else around that can understand them emotionally and that they can connect with on an intimate level. 35% of people experience that. Loneliness is universal. It's not just something that happens in America. It says one in three people in the world Worldwide are lonely. Why are they lonely? Many of them are without Christ. had a family member tell me who claims that he's, you know, an atheist. He says that, man, I just feel so alone. That there's nothing else out there in the universe. Nobody else out there who cares for me on a deeper level that this is all that there is. Folks, that's a lot of the world. We often mingle around our type of people and our type of families, but when we start branching out there and get into the world, we're going to find people who are, who are sincerely lonely, down to their core. Different types of loneliness, a few of them is situational loneliness. This is when a person feels lonely as a result of changing circumstances in their life. For instance, moving away. You would say, well, that makes sense. Maybe uh, maybe getting a job somewhere else and having to move. It could also be going to college, which could be one of the reasons why that age group was 16 to 24, being the most lonely age group. could be from going to college or going to a new place. Generally, college have colleges have tens of thousands of students that are there, and you're just another one in the crowd. I remember going off to college. I was happy to go. You know, young men may be a little bit different. I remember, I'm 18 years old. You know, you think you know everything. You're ready to conquer the world. I never experienced that too much, but I would often have roommates and other people in my dorm that were almost in a depression because they were longing for home. And they were lonely here. No matter amount, no, it didn't matter how many friends that they had there, they still were longing for their home. So situational loneliness. Missionaries often struggle with this. Missionaries. Why do so many missionaries come off the field? One of the reasons is situational loneliness. They're out there in a Different part of the world, away from family, away from friends, usually with another people group who does not speak their same language. So, all day long, except for the conversations they have, maybe with their spouse or with their children, is conversations in a foreign language. Many of them can only handle it for so long. I'm not one to judge. I think if you're doing it for the Lord, you should stick it out. Uh, but again, I'm not cast in judgment because I'm not in their spot. But many of them come home after one term or two terms because they can't take it anymore. They can't take it when the kids grow up and they go back to the U.S. or head off to college or their kids move out and they, start, they move back to the United States and start having kids of their own. and Mom and dad back on the mission field wishing that they could be with their grandkids. You say, well, shouldn't it be easier today knowing that we have this right here? Shouldn't it be easier? You can just, you don't even really dial anymore, do you? You just press a button. You can FaceTime. You can Zoom. You can get on, uh, Facebook even has one. Facebook Messenger. You can video chat from one person to another, and all the way around the world, I can look face-to-face at another person. Did that with my brother when he was, in the military over in Kuwait. It's crazy. You would think it would make things better, but it actually doesn't. Almost to some extent makes it worse, I think. It would make sense, seeing there's so many missionaries coming back now versus 50 years ago, 100 years ago before that. It almost gives us too much information, <laughs> possibly. But even with all that, people are lonely. Divorce is another cause of situational loneliness. By the way, divorced individuals are the second most lonely group, according to studies. And then below that would be housewives and elderly. Housewives, because they're isolated to themselves often, uh, without much contact with their folks, caring for the things at the house and the children. Um, another cause, another type of loneliness, is emotional loneliness. This is a little bit general, but it's feeling emotionally disconnected from people around you or being unable to connect with them on a deep or meaningful level. This is generally caused by poor quality of relationships. Many of you have friendships, but you do not have any deep friendships. You ever been caught in that? Where you have many people you can call and you can talk to, but there's there's not much substance there. It's important that you have somebody in your life that you can connect with on a deeper level and have some substance to your conversation. People that often struggle with emotional loneliness are people who have experienced traumatic events. Could be the death of a close friend or a spouse. Could be a debilitating illness that they have. The reason behind that is because often people who experience those things don't feel like other people can even understand what they're going through. So they go and they try to express themselves to other people. But you you and I both know that when we're talking to somebody else, we can tell if the other person is getting it or not. And often, when people go through traumatic events, they feel lonely because they don't seem as if there's anybody else that they can connect that situation with to help give them some help and give them some comfort. Interestingly enough, on a different note, drug abuse, drug abuse also may cause emotional loneliness. And what some studies have found was that individuals who have abused drugs that often that get clean often when they're trying to recover the emotional loneliness that they experiences experience causes them to go back to drugs, and it's just a vicious cycle that they're caught in. Psalm 38.11 expresses it this way. Maybe when you're going through something that nobody else can understand, it says in uh, verse 11, Psalm 38, My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore and my kinsmen stand afar off, where are they at? They're not near me. They're not close to me. They can't understand what I'm going through, my sore, the this infirmity that the psalmist has. They can't understand. And there are certain situations in life that you're going to come across, that I'm going to come across, that what's going to happen is we're going to feel like nobody else is going to understand what we're going through. That's why it's important that we have a relationship with the Lord, Firstly. Another type of loneliness is social loneliness, social loneliness. It's, uh, by definition, it's a broader term than emotional loneliness. It's, it's um, lack of a wider social network of friends, neighbors, and colleague, colleagues. People who often experience social lonely, loneliness have low self-esteem, low self-esteem, and they have an inability co- to connect with people on a deep level. Oftentimes, the same social loneliness has to do with people who are in positions of authority. The authority, maybe it's the CEO of a company, maybe it's an employer, maybe it's even the leader of a home. Experience, inside themselves, they, they feel like they can't share what they're going through with other people, that other people can't understand what they're going through. Pastors, by the way, experience social loneliness. There are many pastors that have no friends. Did you catch that? There are many pastors that have no friends. Because there's very few people that can understand what a pastor goes through on a day-by-day basis. And because of that, they're disconnected from the people that are closest to them. Some pastors even make it a point not to be friends with their congregation. Now, Pastor Bill, he's done the opposite of that. He'll go out to eat with anybody, spend time with anybody, go over to your house. He'll even go over there and lose that spinner to make you feel good. (laughs) But pastors often feel lonely. Those of you that have pastors up north, I, I challenge you to be an encouragement to them. Think about it this way. Often pastors are the ones who ask people to do things, like, for instance, Hey, will you go out to eat with me? Will you come over to the house? But you'd be surprised. Very few times do people ask pastors to do something. Seriously. You would say, you would think, oh, no, I'm sure the pastor gets tons of invites. You would be surprised. I mean, we have folks come by here that have worked at other ministries, other pastors, and they, they've said, look, I can't remember the last time somebody asked me out to go out to eat. Can you believe that? I think it's possibly part of the, the mindset of the congregation maybe that, oh, you know, the pastor, he's way up here. He's way up here. We're just kind of normal people. He doesn't really want. No, I'm telling you. Those of you that have pastors up north, other places, even our pastor here, take the initiative. It is going to make a world of difference. We see pastors that roll through ministry after ministry. The average pastor, I think, maybe lasts three to five years before they roll on to another church. That's crazy. I couldn't even imagine thinking about that. Part of the reason why I have such good friends here at Gospel Baptist Church, I couldn't imagine leaving my good friends. But many pastors don't have that luxury. That ability. And so we can do our part to help them the best we can. What's the results of loneliness? Well, 80% of people who need psychiatric care suffer from loneliness, what one study said. 80% of the people that need psychiatric care struggle because of loneliness. It's destructive physically. One person, one uh, one group said that loneliness, deep loneliness, is The same as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I don't know how they put that comparison together, but amazing if it is true. It's like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's how poor it is for your health. One survey, maybe Doc Bailey, maybe he knows about this. I'm not sure. One survey said 15% of heart patients admitted that they were lonely and depressed before their heart attack happened. Hmm. A result of loneliness is often we don't have a close relationship with God. Often, we're not active. Many times, many times, not all cases, but many times, lonely people can be very self-focused. I believe one cure for loneliness is start living for others. Start investing in others. I've counseled and talked to enough people who are in deep depression. After talking with them, they are not doing anything for other people. The happiest people that I know in life are the people that are living for others. Happiest people I know are, are like our bus workers up here. You want to get around a happy group of people, get around our bus workers. Our people who show up for door-to-door, they are a happy group of people. Now, nursery workers, I don't know about that. <laughs> Not sure about nursery workers. I can't blame them for not being happy. But if you're struggling with loneliness, give it a shot. Invest in others. Live for others. And I'm sure that you'll come out of that depression that you're in. Reasons we experience loneliness. Why am I so lonely? This group here, majority I'm sure are saved believers who love the Lord, understand the real reason for loneliness is sin. It is sin. It comes down to it. Sin. Each one of these <laughs> these questions so far, I look at them, and I mean sin, sin, sin. We get that. I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but it's a universal problem of sin. Before Adam sinned, Adam had fellowship with God. The devil tempted Adam, and I believe that Adam honestly thought that when he was going to eat of that fruit, it was going to give him freedom. But it ended up giving him isolation instead. To so the place where he used to have this communion with God. God would walk with him in the garden, and Adam would talk with him. Where was that after the fall? You tell me. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think there's any other time after Adam fell that that relationship was the same. We see a chapter or two later that God talked to Cain after he had brought that poor sacrifice and killed his brother. We see that, but I don't see any other account of Adam and God communing like they did before. That sin initiated loneliness into the world. Our personal sin is another reason that we feel lonely. If you're a saved believer, but you feel lonely tonight, there's a good possibility that you have sin between you and the Savior. Your relationship is hurt. 1 John one nine says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a result of of our sin. God's not just going to sit there and overlook it. Your relationship is hurt. You're still in the family of God. You've still been born from above. You're still a child of God. But your relationship is not mended. Those of you that have wayward children, you know what I'm talking about. Many of you have children who are away spiritually. Or maybe there's been an event that happened in the past Um, where they've done something that has alienated themselves from you. And there can't be a happy Christmas together and a wonderful Thanksgiving together until that relationship is mended together, until some confession happens. And that's what it is with our relationship with God. When we start feeling lonely, we start feeling distant. uh, Lonely because of sin, we start feeling distant from our Savior. Search your heart. If you're experiencing loneliness, ask God. There's nothing wrong with asking God, is there anything in my heart that shouldn't be there? Or is that causing this loneliness? Is there any sin, besetting sin in my life, that I'm allowing to have priority over my relationship with you? I believe God's going to reveal it to you 100%. He's going to. Our sin. What's the solution? How do we overcome this loneliness? Well, the first thing is make sure you're a child of God. Back to our key verse here. It says in verse number 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. God wants to be your friend. God loves you. Think about that for a moment, please. God loves you. You you say, well, that just sounds, I mean, very shallow. It's very shallow, but it's very deep at the same time. Ponder for a moment how much God loves you. We know, Christians, that God is omniscient, meaning he knows everything. That immediately deepens the fact that God loves me. The fact that God knows everything about me, but yet he still loves me. You tell me another person that you know, if they knew every single thing about you, every dirty, rotten thought, everything that comes across your mind, everything that you've done, and they would still love you. I don't know if there's another person that could still love me if they knew everything about me. And you'd probably agree and be the same, agree with me on that. But God still loves you. And he didn't just say he loved you, he demonstrated his love. Pastor Bill quoted John 3, 16 this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't just say he loved us. He did something about it. When there was no hope for us, he gave us hope. Why? He wanted to be our friend. And he wanted to be your friend. So he gave his son to die for you. Who lived a sinless life, died, buried, and rose again for you to mend that relationship with God that was severed back at Adam and Eve. So you wouldn't experience loneliness. Jesus experienced loneliness on the cross so that you don't have to. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What was Jesus experiencing at that moment? I can't tell you exactly, but I think there was some loneliness in there as he was separated from the father. He did that for you. He wants to be our friend. What I love about this passage is is this point that we're going to get to. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things have I heard of my Father, which which I have made known unto you. I've not called you my servants. I've called you my friends. There's a lot of people out there. They have this idea. They have this idea that, oh, if I give my life to God, he's just going to make me his little slave. Come on now. That is not at all what your relationship with God is supposed to be like. You're not just some slave. They think, oh, if I give my life to God and, you know, surrender to his will, he's, just gonna, he's probably going to send me to Africa to be a missionary be away from everybody, just be lonely over there, I'm going to be miserable, the most happy people are the people that are in the center of God's will, God did not call you to be a Christian so that you could be his servant, we just read it right there, what did he call you to be, your friend, is that big to you, often we can feel like, well, well we're just sitting here serving, God's my friend, God's your friend. We love him because he first loved us. And if you're serving God out of, I would say, obligation alone, you're treating your relationship like you're a servant instead of being a friend. Friend is give and take. By the way, don't consider yourself a friend of God if you keep betraying him. It just said there in verse 14, You're my friends, if you do, if ye do whatsoever I command you. You say, well, that's a little bossy, isn't it? No, it's the same thing we do in our relationships. I mean, I have friends with people, but it's, it's consensual. I mean, I can't be nice to somebody. I'm not going to be a friend with somebody when I'm real nice to them, and then they turn around and they keep stabbing me in the back. What Jesus is saying, hey, if you truly are my friend, you're going to do what I say. We're going to have this mutual agreement. You're going to follow my leading and what I want to do. It's going to be out of love, not going to be out of duty. Why don't I have any friends? Do you have a community of believers? Do you have a community of believers? The best friends that you will ever have in life are the people that are sitting in this room. The best friends that you are ever going to have in this life are the people that are sitting in this room. When you got saved, God didn't just Save you and then leave you there on your own. He's there to help you, to enable you. But He instituted the local church, a body of believers for you to be a part of. And it's not just so a place, some place can take your money, do a few things. It's not just so the gospel can get out into the world. It's for you, it's to help you. It's a place where you can connect with people who aren't who identify and have the same mindset and the same values as you, the same people who have been born from above. It's going to help you and nourish you. And when you come into a group of believers like this, it feels like home. How many of you this feels like home? This feels like home to me. You can go out to your job. It ain't going to feel like it feels here. You can go out to your lost uh, family members. Have dinner over at their house, it's not gonna feel like this. When I walk into Gospel Baptist Church, I feel at home. Why? Because all of you are here. Family, friends, deep relationships. And why don't you have any real friends? I'm leaving with you with this last point. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. If you're if you're not friendly to people, you're probably not gonna have friends. Hmm. Say, so, well, nobody ever invites me out to eat. How about you invite somebody out to eat? Say, well, I never get to go over to anybody's house. How about you invite somebody to come over to your house? You say, every once in a while we'll get a complaint that Gospel Baptist Church is not friendly. We had somebody do that one time. Say, Gospel Baptist Church, it was a preacher visiting from another church. I don't even know why they would say that. So I said, you know what? Nobody even shook my hand. You ready for this? I got a little P.I. by nature, a little investigating. And... I said, you know what, Pastor Bill told me that. I went back and I looked on the camera. The man came in 10 minutes after church started, and he left during the invitation. But he had still had the nerve to say that nobody was friendly to him. Nobody shook his hand. Nobody said hi. Oh, my goodness. It's kind of comical, but it's how people live. Every once in a while, we'll have somebody say, "Well, that church just isn't friendly. They just got all clicks around." That's because you come in right when service starts and you leave right when it ends. How are you going to have friends if you don't put yourself out there? Man to have friends must show himself friendly tonight. Tonight. How do we overcome loneliness? Paul he was alone in a jail cell, but he wasn't lonely. He had joy. Elijah climbed out of the funk that, we, that he was in with the help of God. We had David, who had people chasing him. He felt so alone. But later on, he writes in the Psalms, I shall not be afraid of 10,000 people that have set themselves against me round about. How is that possible? A relationship with the Lord. A relationship with the Lord solves that. Someday we're going to leave this sin-cursed world. We're going to experience loneliness on this side of heaven, but our eyes are fixed on a new world where there's not going to be this jealousy between people. Relationships are actually going to be meaningful. There's not going to be covetousness. There's not going to be greed between people, and we're going to have experience relationships the way God really intended them to be. It's going to be a wonderful experience. Hey, I hope you don't miss it. Hope you know the Lord as your Savior. If you're lonely tonight, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. Know Christ as your Savior. Get involved with a group of believers and be a friend so you can make friends. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for a few moments as we looked into your word. Uh, I pray that uh, those folks that are out here listening tonight, uh, whether they're in here or over the web that are overcome with loneliness, I pray that your spirit would comfort them right now in this moment. And that a peace would uh, overwhelm their souls and that they would know that your presence is with them. There's a world out there who is extremely, extremely lonely. Those of us that have a relationship with Christ and a friendship with God, which is amazing to think, often take, take it for granted and hide it many times for ourselves. There's people out there who need what we have. May you open our eyes so we can see the folks who need it the most. Those of us that aren't lonely, may we help those who are. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida.